Micro Megas So I'm Vicki Backus and I'm sole owner as well as Vicki Backus founded Vicky's Pierogies two years ago. Back then, she didn't have any experience in the food industry, but she wanted to reconnect with her family roots. She grew up in southwest Michigan, but knew from an early age that she wanted to move to the Rocky Mountains. How did a young girl from Michigan and surrounded by the Great Lakes get so interested in the West? Well, Vicky says that started from seeing pictures in hunting magazines her father read and from seeing the beautiful scenery of Utah while watching the Donnie and Marie show with her grandmother. We'll have never heard of a pierogi before, so if you want to give us a brief description of what that is. Yeah, so pierogies are a, it's an Eastern European dumpling, and the, probably the best visual is to think of a very large ravioli that's shaped like a half moon. So the outside dough is a pasta-type dough, and then you make various fillings for them. My most popular one is the potato cheese. Um, There's also sauerkraut, um, mushroom and cabbage, uh, cheese. After living out west for many years, Vicki admits that she doesn't miss much about Michigan, other than being near to her family. Um, But the only thing I, I miss, I knew at a very early age that I wanted to come out west and I wanted to live in the Rocky Mountains. So physically, in terms of what I miss for Michigan, um, probably not much. But what I do miss is my family. And so both my mom and my dad came from large families. I have like eight aunts and uncles on, on both sides and you know numerous cousins and second cousins. And um, yeah, I definitely miss family being so far away. Yeah, it sounds like you have a big extended family. Is your interest in pierogies, is that a family recipe? Is that a family tradition? So I was lucky enough to have my grandmother live with us when we were growing up, and she was Czechoslovakian, and my grandfather was Polish. And so she's the one that taught me how to make pierogies, and they were always a special treat. And she used to make them, especially when we would have a half day of school. So we'd get off the school bus and run into the house, and there'd be, you know, flour on the table, and she'd be making them, and there'd be a pot of boiling water on the stove, and, you know, some on the counter already made. And um, so, yeah, that's where my love of pierogies come from. Long before pierogies, though, Vicky's main interest was sports. And it was thanks to volleyball that she had the chance to move out of the Midwest. Yeah, so I played volleyball. I played a lot of sports through high school, but my favorite was definitely volleyball. I played that all the time. I played varsity um, for four years in high school. And so, like I mentioned earlier, I knew from a really young age that I wanted to move out west into the Rocky Mountains. And then at the time that I was recruited, a lot of the best teams were out west. And so in terms of volleyball, I really wanted to, to play in some place, you know, in the western U.S. And so I had a few offers from, you know, smaller schools in Michigan. And our boys basketball coach um, at my high school was actually Mormon. And he, he was Mormon. He'd gone to BYU. And he had gotten the alumni magazine. And there had been an article 
in the magazine talking about the volleyball program and how successful they were and how they had, you know, won the, the their um, conference and was going to the NCAA playoffs and stuff. And he, and he approached me and he said, you know, would you ever think about going to Brigham Young University? And I said, well, I don't know, where is it at? And he said, um, Utah. And I said, well, where's Utah? And he said, it's out west in the Rocky Mountains. And I said, oh, I'd love to go there. So that's how kind of the recruiting for BYU happened. He made a phone call and said, you know, we have this girl, and she'd be interested in coming out there, and, and she's pretty good. At this point, you're at Brigham Young University. You're playing volleyball. I imagine that's not all you're doing. What, what are you studying while you're there? Yeah, so I like to say that, you know, primarily what I was doing was playing volleyball, and I like to say that I majored in, in volleyball. Um, but to stay Of course, yeah, majoring in volleyball wouldn't quite cut it on a diploma. But Vicky had always been good at math, so many of the people she knew encouraged her to pursue an accounting degree. So I ended up being practical and being from the Midwest. Um, I chose accounting, so my first degree is in accounting um, with a minor in business. You might have heard that she said first degree. It wasn't long before she had gotten a couple more. But immediately after graduating, Vicky spent time working as an accountant while she tried to get a Peace Corps placement. Unfortunately, no placement ever came up that was right for her. And so it just didn't match up. So when, after a while, they just say, you know, we don't, we don't have any place that, you know, they, that you're going to fit. And so then I was left with, you know, working, working in accounting and something that I really wasn't very passionate about. And um, what I am passionate about is, um, you know, trying to make the world a better place and wild places and the environment and, you know, wild, wild animals. So I decided that, you know, I better go back to school and this time concentrate on my school and, and not playing volleyball. So I went back and I got a, um, I went back to the University of Utah, which is in Salt Lake City, Utah. And my first degree um, there was I got a master's in applied mathematics with an emphasis on mathematical biology. Vicki chose this route because she had a keen interest in mathematical modeling. Then, when she learned about GIS mapping systems, she knew what she wanted to pursue for her Ph.D. Which I thought was really cool. So then for my Ph.D., I transferred from the math department over to the geography department, which is where I finally got my Ph.D. in conservation biogeography. For her postdoc, Vicki came to MSU where she worked in the weed ecology lab. But weeds didn't hold her interest, and she wanted to get back to working with wildlife. With that in mind, she spent three years guiding in Yellowstone. And that's certainly impressive. But one of her most unique jobs was as a predator deterrent specialist. Yes, predator deterrent specialist. So when I was working on my PhD, which involved um, grizzly bears in northwest Montana, um, I only had... Funding. I had a fellowship to work on my PhD, and it was only a year long. But because my PhD was was complicated and, and took a lot of time, it took more than one year to finish. And so after the first year, I had to worry about you know getting money. So I had an opportunity to work on a conservation ranch in the Madison Valley, which was the Sun Ranch, and that ranch maybe people around here know were, was owned by Steven Seagal and then it was bought by Cindy and Roger Lang out of California and they bought it with the sole purpose of turning it into a conservation ranch and so I was hired the, as um, well, the first year I was hired just as a ranch hand 
And the second year, um, I was hired as what the ranch manager at the time had come up with the title as predator deterrent specialist. So the, the ranch is uh, bordered with the Lee Metcalf Wilderness area, and there was a pack of wolves that had were denning close to the ranch, but on the Forest Service property. And so there was a risk, right, of, of the wolves preying on, on on the cattle that we were raising on the ranch or, or had grazing on the ranch. And so my job um, was to try to prevent that from happening. So hence, predator deterrence specialist. And that was probably one of the best jobs that I've ever had in my life. And the idea behind what we were doing was that human presence itself would be a deterrence. And so my um, job was to sleep out every night next to the cattle or amongst the cattle just to be this, this human presence on the landscape. It might be surprising to learn that a woman with a master's in mathematics and a Ph.D. in conservation biology who has spent so much of her life working with wildlife would decide to start selling pierogies. But Vicky says there's a common thread connecting all of these interests. Um, yeah, I don't know if it... Um, there's a little bit of, of a straight line because I know my... Um, it seems a little bit like my career has been eclectic, but there is a thread that runs through everything I do, and there's probably two threads. And one, um, I really find it um, necessary and important for my well-being and my happiness to be able to do what I like to do. And that was probably, for better or worse, established by playing volleyball. Um, I got recruited to play volleyball, and basically I got paid to do it because I got a free education out of that. And so that raised my expectation that I should like what I do and I should get paid for doing it. And the second um, is, you know, I've always wanted to make a, a the world a better place and you know so I joined the Peace Corps to try to help out and I care about wild places and wild animals and I wanted to do conservation modeling to, you know to help managers make better decisions regarding conservation and so um, kind of those things are running in the back of my mind and just through you know the course of your life um, you know, I, I needed, I wanted to make a change, and I'd been thinking for a long time that I wanted to start my own business, but I wasn't exactly sure what kind of business I wanted to start, you know. And then um, my father passed away in 2016, and my mother had passed away from cancer in 2008. And when you lose one parent, it's, it's hard and it's devastating, but when you lose the other parent, it's even more, because then I really felt like I was an orphan, like, you know, everything, like, I don't know, your your foundation is, is gone, your security blanket, whenever. And so then I, I was just looking for a way to stay connected to, you know, my family and my heritage and my ancestry. So then, and then I guess the other thing is I've always liked to cook food um, for people. It's one of the things that I like to do. And so I just kind of put all those things together. It's like, hey, I want to start my own business. Nobody's really making pierogies out here. Um, it makes me feel connected to my family and the love that I had um, for my grandmother growing up. And then I thought, well, you know, if I could make a successful business, then I could 
give money to nonprofits and support them. But then also, when I was younger, my idea was, you know, save the world. And it was like these big grand things that I could do. But as I've gotten older, I realized that working locally is probably a better way to go about it. And one way I think of doing that now is supporting local agriculture. So I'm really into supporting a local food economy, um, knowing who your farmer and your ranchers are, knowing that they're doing things that are good for the environment. And so I thought, yeah, if I start this food business, um, progies would be new for this area. And um, I would be able to, you know, my goal is to use locally sourced and or organic ingredients as much as, as possible. So it kind of supports all of my stuff. Can I ask, lots of people who end up opening restaurants or catering, they have tons of experience in food service beforehand, which you don't necessarily have. How difficult have you found the experience transitioning into this entirely new area? Yes, it definitely would have, would have been helpful. But on the other hand, by not having the experience in the food business, it's allowed me or given me the opportunity to, the, to develop the business that I want and that I envision. And so the most challenging thing that I've found is that your margin, how much you make on food, is, is pretty small. So there's a lot of ways that you can increase that margin. And one of those is you, you know, using less expensive ingredients. And my challenge is because that doesn't go with how I believe we should grow food and my conservation ethic. Um, The challenging part has been to stay true to those values by still being financially successful. And so I guess it's a double-edged sword. It would have been nice to have had that experience, but on the other hand, it leaves me... A Vicky's greatest challenge to overcome has been her own drive for perfection. I think, for me, the most difficult thing has been kind of when I stated, and, and that is I tend to be a perfectionist. And my deal, my food business is like, it's like you're coming over to my house and I'm preparing food for you. So I want it perfectly prepared with the best ingredients that I can find. And a lot of times for these bigger events that I do, like the music festival and stuff, um, it doesn't have to be perfect. So I had one guy tell me one time, it's like, don't let perfect get in the way of good. And so the hardest thing for me to learn is that good is good enough. And it's still way better than a lot of programs you can buy in the grocery store and it doesn't have to be perfect and I constantly have to learn that lesson over and over again. Vicky has really enjoyed selling her products at local farmers markets and festivals. She sees them as an opportunity to introduce new people to her pierogies, particularly people who share her interests in local sustainable food. In fact, One of her favorite things about running her own business is the connection she makes with people at these events. And I think even now that I'm thinking of other ways to expand my business and some more pierogies, like maybe online ordering and getting a wholesale license and getting in grocery stores, I still really like these events. And the reason I like that is because there's two groups of people, which we already mentioned, people who like who know pierogies and people who don't. And generally, people who know pierogies know them either because 
they have the right ancestry, which is Eastern European, and and or they come from a region of the country or a, a place where there's a lot of Eastern Europeans, and so it's um, it's the you know where the, where they grew up. And so by providing for pierogies, pierogies is just like not a food that's good, even though it's good, but also associated with it are all these fantastic memories of people of, that people have regarding pierogies. Like my grandmother made them. My um, you know, aunts and uncles used to make them, the neighbor used to make them, the nuns used to make them at the church once a year, or I used to go to the pierogi festival or something like that. And so people are, what's fun for me are like people who have had that, have those memories, um, love to share those with me. And they're like ecstatic that I'm, that they're getting a real authentic pierogi here in Bozeman. And so I love to make people happy and I love to, you know, hear those stories from from people and it just makes it makes it really fun. The commissary kitchen at the Livingston Food Resource Center has been a huge help to Vicky. Since pierogies are technically classified as a stuffed pasta, she isn't permitted to make them for sale from her home but has to use a commercial kitchen. Thanks to the center's new facilities, Vicki has access to equipment that she probably wouldn't have found elsewhere. They have lots of things that were that I didn't realize at the time I thought were standard equipment in most kitchens, which I have since learned is not. So for example, I have one's called a dough sheeter, which you put your dough in and you get a sheet of dough out that is a uniform thickness, which is really important if you're trying to make a uniform product to, to sell to people. And of course, I'm just assuming that that's a standard piece of equipment in all kitchens, and and it's not, as I've learned. And so, in fact, I was she may have never succeeded without them. So I had this idea in my mind when I started my business. Like I was going to go to the farmers market, and I was going to sell them fried, prepared to people. The other thing I wanted to do was to sell them in frozen packages that they could take home. So then, how to do that, right? So then I show up I have to make a lot of them and you know how to do that so that you know they're consistent Um, and then how am I going to put them in packages that people can take home and the other piece of equipment that the Livingston Food Resource Center had was um, they have a vacuum sealer and so those two pieces of equipment were um, you know which basically makes my business feasible um, at the level that I started you know doing it at. When she was starting out, Vicky was helped by SCORE and the Small Business Development Center. Thanks to SCORE, she was put in contact with a mentor who owned a food truck and could help her find her bearings in the new industry. Now that she's been at it for two years, I asked if she has any advice for people who might want to follow in her footsteps. My one word of advice is that you, you should be passionate about what you do. And um, being in food, like I already said, the, you're not going to be rich and maybe you will be rich um, but not right away right depending on when, when your product is and it's it's really hard work and so if you don't have a passion for what you're doing um, it's going to be a lot of hard work for very little pay at first at least on the subject of that hard work how do you stay motivated how do you keep yourself in the game day to day riding around to all these farmer markets and commercial kitchens and just the process of baking itself I'm sure has to be exhausting. 
Yeah, it's, uh, I think for me, I've already mentioned that the most exciting thing for me, is, what kind of keeps me going is the interact, is actually going to the farmer's market, have these interactions with my customers and hearing their stories. And the other thing I like to do is the people who haven't had pierogies before, um, you know, when they taste a pierogi for the first time, when they taste one of my pierogies and they're so good and I'm introducing them to this new experience and I have people who you know tried it and now they come back every farmer's market right and have to have pierogies and so that kind of keeps me going that that knowledge that I'm making people happy um, keeps me going and then also there's a lot of resources in Bozeman too that I've already mentioned like scoring the small business development council also I've used Prospera I've taken workshops from them um, in the Women's Business Center. So connecting with others, because all the problems and challenges I face are problems and challenges that most business owners are facing. And if you know you're not the only one facing this problem and you get some support, that helps keep you motivated as well. Now that you're in your second year, what are you looking ahead to in your third, fourth year? What's, what's the future hold? Yeah, so when I really, I need some more progies. And so I really like the, the farmer's markets, as I already mentioned several times in these events. Um, but I'm, I want to work on online ordering, and I'm also working on uh, getting a wholesale license. And so I'm trying to get them in to grocery stores. I've also talked to some of the, or one of the, um, community supported agriculture growers here um, in the valley and maybe offering them as part of their CSA. So basically I'm expanding into other markets and other channels of distribution is going to be the next step. I'd like to thank you very much for staying down with me today. And if someone wants to find a pierogi and get one to eat, how can they track you down? Yeah, so right now, the farmer's market, throughout the summer, I'll be at the Bogart Market on Tuesday, the Gallatin Valley Market on Saturday. Um, I'm doing, I don't do all the Music in the Mountain events up at Big Sky, um, but I'll be at several of those and they'll be posted on my Facebook page. Um, like I said, I'm working on online ordering, but for right now, if people want to order pierogies from me, they can either, they can go to my Facebook page and message me through Facebook. They can also just email me directly, and that's vickyspierogies at gmail.com. I would like to thank the city of Bozeman, particularly the Public Library and Office of Economic Development, for giving me the opportunity to create this podcast. Additional thanks to Montana Campus Compact and to Gallatin Valley Community Radio for broadcasting the show. Tune your radios to KGVM 95.9 and give them a listen. Original music was provided by the benevolent Jeffrey Lackman, a friend. Feel free to leave a comment. I'd love to hear how you think we can make this better. Subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. And if you're an entrepreneur in the city of Bozeman, or you know an entrepreneur in these parts, let me know. Maybe your story can be the next retail. I can be contacted by email at vista at bozeman.net. That's V-I-S-T-A at bozeman.net.